Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 210. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about what makes up the S&P 500, because things have really changed, different leadership is rotating, we're seeing a lot of things happen, and I wasn't sure if you were aware of what all is going on and how those things have changed, especially since the election. So first, I wanted to cover what are the top holdings in the S&P 500? Well, they haven't changed very much. They're companies like Apple, Amazon, Facebook. Those are some of the FANG stocks that were very popular last year that haven't really performed all that well this year. And likewise, they've been very poor performers this month. So the thing about the large companies, though, is that because the Standard & Poor's 500 is weighted toward the larger companies, It means that small moves in Apple or Amazon or Facebook or other of the largest companies within the S&P 500, if they just move a little bit, that can affect the averages quite dramatically. So you can't always see the full picture because the truth is a lot of companies in the S&P have not been doing well. But because it's the 500 largest companies, you might not always see what that 400th or 450th smaller company is doing compared to the megaliths that we have like Amazon, Apple, and Facebook. So just, you know, be aware of that, that we do have these very large companies that dominate and therefore also dominate the direction of the index. So that isn't really always giving us a real accurate picture of what's truly going on with those 500 companies. There's also been a rotation of leadership in the S&P just since the election, and these areas have been very strong. The financials, medical, energy, and construction-related materials. Well, some of those, of course, are related to Trump winning and his talk about what he wants to accomplish, but some of those too, like the financials, are very much a result of the interest rate cycle. And because we've seen the interest rate cycle bottom between the end of last year and July, we have started to see interest rates move up. Now, they started moving up, and the Fed, of course, kept talking all last year about how they wanted to raise rates, they wanted to raise rates, raise rates, raise rates, but they didn't. Now that the election is over, will they? I think there's a very good chance. And in in fact, the market has already priced in a 93 to a 100% chance that the Fed will raise rates. How does it do that? It does that by already moving rates up in anticipation of the Fed rate hike. So the Fed is actually lagging right now 25 basis points or a quarter of 1%, 0.25%. It's actually lagging behind what physical interest rates are doing right now. 
and interest rates have moved so much, they've literally moved about a 50% move, even though they're still very low, just going from 2% to 3% is a 50% move. And now we've seen mortgage rates already over 4%. So we're seeing a, a tick up in foreclosures again. We're seeing a little bit of softening in the real estate market. Certainly home purchases slow down in a lot of cities. And in just that small move to be over 4% now. But that percentage move is so great that we actually see some mortgages are now going to be 25% higher than they have been if they had an adjustable rate mortgage. So again, we're seeing some very big changes just off a very small base or a small number. Uh, because it's so small, any change really can be a huge percentage change from 2 to 3%, for example. Of those companies up 10% since the election, 30 are banks and financial firms. And that makes sense because with rising interest rates, which I believe would have happened no matter who was president, just because of cycles and the bottoming of the cycle and coming off the bottom of the cycle, those financials and banks do very well when interest rates rise because it means that they can make more money. Now, in the S&P makeup, what do we see percentage-wise being the largest sector right now? Well, we see technology being the largest sector at 20% of the S&P. Next, we see the financial sector at 14%, tied with healthcare also at 14%, and about 12% consumer discretionary. So again, you've got technology being the largest group within the S&P. That makes sense. There's a lot of technology companies that have done well and continue to do well. We're still in the midst of a technology boom in this country. And so we would expect that that would be true for those companies. Now, looking at the S&P, I can say that it looks very overextended here. Since the election, it went up like a hockey stick, and it's looking like there's very low volume. The relative strength is peaking out and rolling over. The moving averages look to be rolling over. So I think we're going to be in for a pullback, and I think we've got some time to have that pullback happen. We'll see how deep that pullback becomes, but it looks like this market wants to rest. Uh, don't worry about jumping in at the top. That's where people get all excited and they see, oh, the Dow hit a new record. It's just going to keep going. Yesterday, I had someone email me and, and say that they heard the Dow was just going to rocket straight to 50,000. And I said, no, it doesn't quite work that way. We have to have ups and downs. And I do think that we're going into a time where we're going to have sharper pullbacks and higher uptrends. And I do think that we could see a sharply higher market, mainly because we are anticipating a lot of money flowing in from the bond market, which people are going to want to jump out of because of a rising interest rate trend, which is going to pull down bonds. And also we see that because of people wanting to jump out of other stock markets that have been unreliable or having issues and coming over here into the US market. So I think we'll see a lot more foreign money come in and I think we'll see a lot of money jumping out of bonds and into dividend-paying stocks and other stocks 
just trying to avoid the losses that they are going to feel in the bond market, because as interest rates rise, bond valuations go down. So lots of people are going to be looking for a new home for that money rather than just letting that happen in the bond market. Have you been to my website to get your 11 quick financial tips to boost your wealth? Go on over to lindapjones.com and get my short report, which gives you 11 things you can do to get your wealth moving in the right direction. It's really quick and easy, and I think this is something that everyone should put into practice. That's all for this week. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.